How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. Hey, I'm keeping this real short, real sweet. I got two great interviews for you for the big series this weekend. It's Southeastern, Weber, number one versus number six. Y'all know how I feel about these two teams. So, Isaac Nunez, shortstop for Southeastern. Angel Diaz, first baseman from Weber, back-to-back. I'm not going to hold y'all too much longer. Uh, just I do wish real quick want to say thank you to everybody for all the support of the Suncast. You're returning a year old tomorrow, Saturday, March 18th. Uh, just real quick, thank you to everybody. Mom, Dad, uh, brothers, sisters, uh, Nikki Bo, Brian, Franklin, uh, uh, Sydney, you know, Shout out all y'all, the Creed. Shout out the boys, duh, boys. Shout out the Creed. Um, and then real quick, uh, more serious note, big shout out to my man, Donnie Smith. Donnie, you're my guy. I appreciate you. I mean, you, you've been a mentor in this process. Returning a year old tomorrow. Much love, my guy. So, yeah, like I said, not going to hold y'all any longer. Know what the big story is this week, Southeastern Weber. So, right after this interview with Isaac Nunez, we'll go right into the interview with Angel Diaz. So, here is myself and Southeastern shortstop, Isaac Nunez. All right, we welcome on a very, very special guest. It is the shortstop for the reigning champs, the Southeastern Fire, my good friend Isaac Nunez. Isaac, how's it going today, baby? What's going on, Reagan? Glad to be here. Thank you for having me, first and foremost. Hey, absolutely, my man. Well, you know, there's a uh, pretty big game coming up th- th- this weekend, and we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to get into your time at Florida and a whole lot more. But the one place where we have to start, because when I found out that you played for this team, I was like, well, this is just a small world after all, and especially in sports and especially with baseball. So you played for the Saugatee Stallions for a little bit, correct? I did. I did. Right after my senior year of high school, um, I was talking to a few cross-checkers, and uh, one of them had mentioned to me that they wanted to see me against some really talented arms, um, and they wanted to see me swing the wood bat a little bit for a couple games. Um, and so that's what I did. Right out of high school, I went to go play in Socrates for a few games, and uh, I had an amazing time there. Talk about great people, great crowd, supportive fans. Um, you're gonna have an amazing summer over there. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, we. Uh, I've said on the podcast. I told you before we started recording. I'm going up there to be the broadcaster, and I saw that, and I was like, "Well, it'd be the perfect guy to hear about." And you know, don't don't get me wrong. And I'm sure you, uh, when you move down here, you love the Florida weather as well. But when it gets to be uh, around that June, July, it gets a little bit warm, uh, even for my liking. But uh, you know, the summer league—that's something that you've done that's helped develop your game a little bit. You're now in Williamsport. Uh, that's where you spend the last c- couple of summers. Can you just talk about that yep. experience and how important it is for college baseball players to play in summer league baseball? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I think travel and summer baseball um, is a different type of ball game. For those who know, those, those college guys that know what the summer ball grind is like, it's not easy. And I tell you that because it is six days a week, five days a week of – nine innings a day of baseball you're on the field for about five six hours so it is a lot on the body especially coming off of playing you know 70 games from your college season and now you're about to go play another 40 plus games over the summer um however this is the lifestyle we chose 
We've right. chosen to become baseball players, and we've chosen to go out there and compete at the highest level. And that's what the travel circuit does for you. Or sorry, that's what the summer circuit does for you. Mm. Uh, that summer circuit puts you against some of the best players in the country. Rather, if you're an SEC player, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NEIA, it doesn't really matter. Summer ball, summer ball. You got a little bit of everything everywhere you go. Um, when it comes to how important it is, um, I watched a video the other day from Trevor Bauer, and he was literally talking about this same topic and the importance of of a hitter compared to a pitcher going to play summer ball. As a hitter, it's a great opportunity to get extra at-bats, and it's a great opportunity to hit with some wood bat against some really, really good pitching um, just to raise your draft stock too. So so if you're, if you're a position player, go play summer baseball. Pitchers, a little bit different. Pitchers are a little bit different. If, if you're a highly touted uh, SEC, ACC, high division one uh, pitcher Friday night guy, I think summer ball is a little bit unnecessary. I think because as a pitcher, uh, colleges and, and pro scouts and other people can see what you have during the season. And then during the summer, it should be really just training, 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 getting ready for the, for the next season. So I don't think for pitchers it's that big of a deal. But again, it's all in preference. But that's, that, that's what I think. I already tell this is going to be one of those interviews where I come out better with a better knowledge of the game just from having a short conversation with you about it. I mean, that's some great uh, in-depth knowledge from a veteran of the game and a guy uh, that's big into baseball, just playing it and out, outside of, I mean, a position guy, infielder primarily that's t- telling pitchers like, hey, this is my thoughts on uh, summer league baseball. I mean, that that's great. And like you said, it does help you train your body and prepare for the next level because – at the end of the day, everybody's goal, or not everybody, but a lot of people's goals are to take that next step past college. And you got to ha- be well in shape. You got to have the right fitness for that. You are obviously a, a big fitness guy. I keep up with what you do on social media. It's great work. Um, I see your morning routines either over there uh, at, at the baseball field or at Victory Field, uh, which is. Uh, I guess I could say it's more my victory field because I got the chance yep. to play there and win there this past year. Uh, never let I never let my my southeastern people uh, live that one down. Y'all uh, y'all get quite a few wins uh, against the Warriors, so I do like like that one. But there is no doubt, uh, fitness is a big part of your life. You started your own fitness uh, brand company. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Because I thought that was a really interesting uh, side of you, you know, besides what you do on the field. Yeah, I think so. My company is called Training with the Nunez, also known as TWN. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a travel team called Travel Team Prime, also known as TTP. Um, obviously, you're going to have a lot of college baseball players and pro ex players. And after they, they're done with their playing career, they try to find a little side job that they want to do. So a lot of them go into coaching, for example. Um, a lot of them want to do private lessons with kids because – one, it's a great opportunity uh, to work with the youth as well as spread some of the knowledge that we have uh, that we've built over the years. So there, there's no better feeling than going into a facility and having a 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old come up to you mm-hmm. and truly ask you questions that they feel will better themselves and help them develop. So that's basically what we do. We do player development and um we work with kids in the state of Florida and Georgia and South Carolina, and they come, they train with us. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Basically, we offer private lessons and uh, group training sessions 
Um, but it's kind of, it was a, it started off as a little side hobby for me, you know, as, as most of us do, where we can make, you know, 50 bucks here for a lesson or 40 yeah. bucks here for a lesson. Because obviously those who don't know, uh, if you're not playing at the Major League Baseball level, MLB level, baseball doesn't really pay you that much. <laughs> no, it does so, not. <laughs> exactly. So we got to do what we have. Hey, well, you know, you know what, what it sounds like to me and in that conversation with you, it sounds like it's the giving back that really gets you up and wanting to give back to the game and give back to the young kids that come up to you. You just, I mean, what's the feeling you get when you do have an 11 year old that you've been training for a few months and then he comes back to you and says, Hey, coach Nunez, I just want to let you know, I, I, I fixed this, I fixed that. And my batting average has gone up like 20, 30 points since then. Oh, it's the best feeling. You can't beat it. It's even, even if it's just a kid or, 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 or one of your teammates, right. It's still right. a great feeling to give someone a piece of advice and to see that person take that advice and truly take it and add it to their game or to their lifestyle and see them, enjoy the process and then come back to you a few weeks months or years later and basically say hey isaac you know like this was the best advice i've gotten or you know this really really truly helped me and that's a good feeling for anybody yeah and you said it wasn't just kids i mean it was your teammates as well i mean i'm i've been to plenty of southeastern baseball games myself and getting to see you i mean that you there's no doubt i mean you you go to a game and you know number nine's a leader on the team and you know I don't know if that was so much of a role for you last year versus this year but we can talk a little bit more about last year's team later on but can you just talk about your role on the southeastern baseball team last year compared to what it is this year okay yeah so last year I was a you're a new kid on the block yeah, I was a new kid on the block, but I was a, a confused baseball player, is what I like to say. Okay. And what I mean by confused was when it came to talent, as far as physically how good I, what I am at playing the game of baseball, that's a given. Everyone knows how good I am at baseball. Right. When it comes to being a good teammate, when it comes to being a, a, a coachable student to the coaches, when it comes to being a supportive friend to some of the other guys on the team, that's the player I wasn't last year. Last year... It was a year that, and again, I'm going to speak for a lot, a lot of Division One transfers right now, and what this and what this feels like. The moment that we, or or the moment that you leave a Division One program in the best schools in the country, it can be Florida, it can be Texas, TCU, whatever it is. The moment that you leave that school and then you enter a new home, that's not the same. It's like a it's like if a car hits you and yep. it basically told you, hey, listen. This lifestyle that you were living before wasn't meant for you. And that's the truth. No matter how you want to take it, if you say, hey, the coach didn't give me any playing time, the coach was this, the teammates were that, you can use every excuse and every, you can blame everyone in the book. But at the end of the day, God knows that that process and that journey for you wasn't for you. You weren't ready for it. And that was me at UF and USF. Wow. I wasn't ready for the Division One life. And now, a few years later, I've realized that. And what I mean by that is that the NAIA life has definitely humbled me in a lot of ways. Yep. It has made me extremely grateful just to play the game of baseball every day. Most of us came after that COVID year, and most of us had to deal with being cut from programs, right? Being yep. put three, four guys in front of you for, for a starting spot. 
right? And so, yeah. so it, it took a lot away from us that COVID year. However, the good learning experience from that year should be, I now have an understanding of what I want to do with this baseball life, mm-hmm. right? right? Most of us, most of us walk around everywhere we go with the baseball label right next to our name. You can be, you know, Reagan, the baseball player, Isaac, the baseball player, every family event you go to, every cousin, every family member goes, hey, Isaac, how's baseball? Hey, Reagan, how's baseball? How's baseball? So we, we become attached to this baseball, you know, label. And that's truly not who we are. Baseball is something that we chose to do. It's something that we do because it's fun and we love it. Right? We don't do it because we're worrying about the draft. We don't do it because we're trying to impress the scout. We don't do it because we're trying to impress our coach or impress our parents or impress our girlfriends or whatever it is. We do it because we love it. Mm-hmm. Right? We play the game of baseball because we can and because we want to. At any moment, we can any athlete can say, hey, I'm done. I, I don't have to play baseball anymore. I don't have to play basketball or football whatever it is. But because we love the game mm-hmm. is the reason why we play it. And I've learned that at the NAI level, and I did learn that at the SEC level. That's the difference between playing SEC baseball and playing NAI baseball. And that's the biggest difference between me last year. Me last year was the Division One transfer guy that only truly cared about how many bombs I hit last year, how many bags I had, how many stolen bases I had. I've only cared about myself last year. And that's me truthfully speaking. And the difference between last year and this year is that last year, I don't want to say I don't care anymore, about who's there to come watch me play or or what scout is there or what my stats are because I really don't. As long as I wake up every morning and complete my routine, my morning workouts, my my afternoon lifts, my study hall, my classes, um, my business, my baseball work, as long as I get all that done, I can care less if I go 0 for 4 or 0 for 10. I can care less if I go 4 for 4 or 10 for 10. As long as I know that I got this whole process done, and as long as I know that I had a great time at the game, motivating my teammates, right, winning the game, right, that's more important to me. And I found so much success by living by this lifestyle rather than, again, me being the guy to to try to impress somebody else. Well, I mean, there's, that, there's no need. Yeah, I mean, that that's just incredible. And I mean, similar, I came uh, fr- from a fortunate high school uh, that was big, big and uh, big investments into high school football. Uh, then to a Division two program, things didn't work out for me there, uh, kind, of, kind of like you uh, with UF. Now, I mean, the step from D2 to NAI isn't quite as steep, obviously, from SEC to NAI, but I, I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, here is where I really fell in love with, with sports as, as a whole. I mean, more than just be, being a fan, it was seeing people who were only – well, not only at school to play their sport, of course, to get get their degree, but knowing they could be a student somewhere else and honestly pr- probably end up be, be paying less money uh, to do so. But they're doing it to play the game they love. And like you said, that's something being, uh, in it, being involved in the NAIA with NAIA athletes. That's something that I, I've seen a, a lot. Now, I think it may be just a little bit different for Southeastern baseball because if you're having a bad time with that team over the last year or so, I don't think you can have fun uh, anywhere. Obviously, yeah. last year, uh, we all know y'all's success last year, the 59-4 and four season. This year, y'all, y'all are off to an incredible start, 25-1. and one. Uh, Can you just talk about – Keeping the focus, and you're one of the older guys on the team, veteran, a leader, captain on the team. Can you just talk about keeping the focus and realizing, hey, it's everything's great, but everything's just been great. 
Every, that doesn't guarantee anything in the future. That doesn't guarantee the series this weekend, conference play, conference tournament. You have to take a little bit of a time. You just talk about how you and even the coaching staff keeps everybody focused and go in every day and put in the amount of work to sustain, sustain the success of Southeastern baseball. And that's a great question. You Thank know, it's you. funny because I want to start off by saying success only comes truly from those obviously who want it, right? If you truly want success, like if it's the only thing that, that you want in life, like listen, listen, I, I want to succeed at baseball. I want to succeed today by winning. I want to succeed today by, by waking up early and getting that morning workout in, or I want to succeed today by making the best meal so I can eat the best today. If you want to succeed at anything, it comes with obviously a lot of dedication and being relentless. However, it is very easy, extremely easy to fall away when success is all you know. And what I mean by that is when you're part of a program like Southeastern, a team that no matter what you do, we will always win 50 plus games a year. Look at the last four years, with or without me, with or without our All-American first baseman, with or without our All-American catchers, our Division One transfers, with or without any of those guys, Southeastern to put up a 50 plus game winning season. Obviously shout out to the coaches for that because it starts off with the coaches at any program. Right, Mike Mendoza is the best recruiting coordinator in the country, hands down. Yeah, I, I, don't, uh, think, I, I don't think you can compete. Uh, any other recruiter, in any program, can compete with Mike Mendoza. Just look at the players that he gets. Hey, I don't he mean gets. I don't mean to c- cut you off there, I, that, but that did just remind me of when I interviewed Coach Dinkle. He just straight up said, "I got tired of recruiting against Mendoza, so I went and got Mendoza." Exactly. The <laughs> dude, the dude is the dude is the best at his job. And literally, if you look at our team, it's like all Division One, all. Juke All-American transfers in our, in, our, in our starting lineup, right? And so going back to your question, and, and again, success can come but also can leave very quickly because when you get so used to success, it's kind of like, for example, after you win a game and you look at the guys in the dugout, it's like, okay, like, you know, we won. Like, hooray, like, we're, we were supposed to win, right? It's that, that feeling, okay, like, it's, you know, we won. It doesn't really matter because we're so used to it. The game that we lost, game number 26 this year against Bellevue, yep. was the best game we've had all year. We didn't win. But why do I say it's the best game we had all year? At the very end of the game, I sat there and I watched Bellevue go into right field and celebrate. Now, celebrate not because, you know, they beat us. Yeah, that's a great feeling, obviously. But when you really understand why they were celebrating, They were celebrating because they worked so hard the past few weeks, the past few months, the past few days. They were extremely dedicated to making sure that they didn't mess up now once. The past past 25 games we've played, if a team makes a mistake against us, and I'm I'm letting future teams know this now too, if you make a mistake against us, we will put up 20 runs and one inning against you. Do not make a mistake against us. And that's what Bellevue didn't do. They didn't make a single mistake. They did everything right. And yep. when you do everything right, the feeling at the very end is the best feeling. Because it's like, listen, we went out there and we competed so hard against the best team in the country. And we didn't make a single mistake. That's why we're celebrating and that's why we're happy. Right? Yep. So when I can sit back and watch that, it makes me understand and it makes me go back to my teammates and sit them down and talk with them and basically say, hey, listen, we can't forget the feeling of winning. 
Yeah. We cannot forget the, the feeling of when we go out there and we know that we worked so hard for something and it paid off, regardless of who's playing, regardless if we're playing team number two in the country or team number 150 in the country. We're going to treat that team like if they're number two against us all year round, which is why we have found so much success this past year too. Is because, again, we don't let the other team dictate how we play anymore. Last year's team, we did that a few times. We let the other team dictate how we played. And even though we still won those games, you know, by, by one or two more hits than those guys, when we should have had like 20-plus hits against them, this team this year doesn't make that mistake. We treat every team like if it's number two team in the country and we compete that hard. But again, it took for us to lose against Bellevue to kind of reset that mentality of, listen, we're number one for a reason, and let's enjoy every win. Enjoy every single win. Because, again, just like COVID, we don't know if our last win is going to be our last one of the season. And it's taken away from us so quickly. So just, again, after every game, hug another teammate, tell them how good he did, right? Support each other. And then every success or every failure won't matter to us just as long as we have each other's back. And that's why Southeastern wins the way we do. Absolutely. I mean, phew, I mean, you are you are what we like to call in the industry and in the sports media and podcast industry cooking. I mean, you, you, you're going off. I'm loving it. Um, and some people may be like, oh, they scored 20 runs, uh, whatever. No, I, hand up. I saw it firsthand. You make a mistake or two against these guys, they'll send a ball 500 foot into the lake of your own backyard. Trust me, I was on the call when it happened. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, you know. it I do know, unfortunately. <laughs> They're uh, – it it is a great time though for y'all to hit that kind of reset button because there's a team coming in this weekend of course i am very familiar with my boys the boys in the bab they're coming in a huge series and i, I did say like as soon as i saw that y'all lost against bellevue i'd be like they would lose their first loss would be right before they played weber so they do get that little mental reset but let's exactly. talk let's Let's talk a little bit about it. Let's talk about the Weber series uh, and j- just how excited are you for it? Because it, I've been told in the last like three years, this is probably the big biggest NAI regular season matchup in the last two, three, four years of NAI baseball. And that's coming from people that have been fans of the game for a l- much longer uh, than, quite frankly, I even knew about the NAI. So really exci- excited for it on, on my end. Obviously, I mean, Weber Southeastern Baseball, I mean, I, I mean those, those are my two teams. I mean, come on. But, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but could you talk just a little bit about Weber and a little bit about this series this weekend, man? Yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, Weber is a great program, right? Weber is just like Southeast, no different. They have great players. They have phenomenal coaches, um, which is why this series is going to be so much fun, I would say. right? The series this weekend is going to be the best against the best. It's going to be our best top three arms against their top three arms. Yep. It's going to be our best nine against their best nine on the field. And so especially at home. No, you can't beat that. It's, it's, it's going to be a great series against them. Um, it's funny because even though Weber is, is obviously going to be one of our our best competitions, I would say, we play against this year, and it's going to be, again, a great game, the mindset this week for us at practice is continue the routine. Right. Right. There's no need to change the routine. There's no need to, to do a little bit less, add a little bit more, do a little bit here, do a little bit there. We all, no matter who we've been playing, have kept the same routine 
of we you know we lift every day, we work out every day, we have great hitting sessions every day, we have we have productive fielding sessions every day. So every day for us is productive, and we haven't really thought about you know Weber until today, right? So Tuesday, Wednesday, yesterday, Monday, all the whole week has been dedicated solely to our team's personal development with each other. You know how we communicate, certain drills, certain plays, just cleaning things up. You know, we're not telling ourselves, hey, we need to work harder this week because we have Weber. Uh-uh. We can have Weber this week or we can have, again, team number 150 we play against, rank number 150 we play against this Friday, and it wouldn't make a difference to us on, on how we trained this past week. We've had phenomenal practices this whole week. I'm talking about energy has been electric. Um, guys are, are, are keeping each other accountable by working harder during practices. No one's lazy. No one's walking around. No one has bad energy, right? We keep each other at the highest standard so that when Friday comes around, it's just another ball game for us. That's all it is at the end of the day, you know? Yep. And that's funny because that's what sports is literally is, which is the team that usually loses is usually devastated, right? Obviously, there's going to be a few fans that are kind of devastated, but I give you, what, 24 to 48 hours and kind of nobody ever remembers what happened. It's over with, right? It's in the past. So the only ones that truly, really care about the results during the games are obviously the guys that are playing and the coaches. Right? And even the coaches, you know, after the game, it's, they have to go back home to their families, you know, to their kids and worry about those priorities. So at the end of the day, we're going out there on Friday to play a game of baseball. That's it. That's all it is. Right. It's, it's, it's not we're going out there for the World Series. We're not going out there for the last game of the year. We are going out there at three o'clock to play a game of baseball with a group of guys that we that we literally play catch with every day and field with every day and hit with every day. So it's just another day at the ballpark, which which makes it more exciting. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it's a similar feeling. I, we'll, we'll hear from Angel Diaz a, a, after this on, on uh, how Weber's been preparing, but I think it's very similar. You know, it's obviously a huge matchup. Um, in, in my eyes, I mean, just straight up from the, the Suncast point of view, it, it is kind of the regular season Super Bowl just because it's the two teams pl- 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 playing uh, e- extremely well. But And it's obviously, uh, obviously going to be the f- a fun series. Uh, but between Weber, Southeastern, we don't need need to go go in all, all the little details about it. But um, it's it's gonna be fine. Gonna be a, a a huge series, obviously. But at the end of the day, it's series one of Sun Conference play. Like there's yep. a lot of baseball. We still have the rest of the regular season. Still have conference tournament. And I don't. Me personally, I don't plan on this being the last time Weber and Southeastern play. Uh, I fully plan on it being the battle for the red banner uh, yep. h- here in late May, early June. And now, if that happens, we're gonna need uh, we're gonna need people with practice uh, with with CPR on site for me because I don't I don't know if I'll <laughs> make it. Bro. But um, I, Isaac, there, there's one thing I do want to talk about just just getting away from from Southeastern uh, Weber for yeah. a little bit. Uh, Playing at Florida, uh, be, being a Florida Gator. Now, I, I'm a Georgia Bulldog. Now, I, I am as I wish we were on the Zoom. Uh, for those who don't know, we had to do this via phone call because Zoom, Zoom sucks. But behind yep. <laughs> me, I have got 
a ton of Georgia Bulldog and Atlanta Braves uh, memorabilia. Those are my two teams. I die hard. You said a minute ago about how, oh, only the, the, the players or the coaches will kind of think about the losses. I still think about uh, certain Georgia losses, including the 2008 Fresno State uh, in, in Omaha, I still think think about that. So I don't know. I don't know, don't know about about that one. But again, you just talk, talk a little bit about uh, playing in the SEC and and playing for the Florida Gators. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to play in front of ten thousand, twenty thousand fans? Who wouldn't want to play against some of the best players in the country? Um, that's the, that's the best feeling. And the University of Florida provided that for me. University of Florida provided me with the experience and the opportunities to play at the highest level and to compete at the highest level and, and, and learn from the guys that have been there already. And that's, that's the biggest thing for any freshman. I, so I want to go back real quick for any freshman going into any sec program, you need to understand when you're going into these programs, you are now a player who has to be willing, willing to learn, number one, and willing to take criticism. And that's, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. A lot of people say, oh, you know, Sully's a hard coach, right? You know, you know, he's this, he's that. Um, at the end of the day, he is the only person on that field that's going to be as blunt to your face as possible. And you would rather have that person than someone who's going to sugarcoat you and your whole baseball career all day. I would rather have Sully come up to me and rip me a new one and I can learn from that and become a better baseball player and a better human being from that rather than someone saying, oh, hey, Isaac, it's okay. You know, you didn't have your best day today. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to get better like that. That's why UF is UF is because when you have a coach that has high standards because he's coached the best players in the in the country, in the world right now, think about it. He's coached Jonathan India, Brady Singer, Right, guys that are playing Major League Baseball, he's seen them as freshmen and he's seen them as juniors making $6.7 million. So he sees what type of player comes out of a program like that. And if you're not that type of player, then that program is not for you. And that's okay because there's other programs out there that are meant for you. Right. And so, again, I've learned so much from being at UF. But if you were to tell me now that at the end of the day, that I would love Southeastern more than UF, I would tell you you're crazy. But that's the truth. Don't get me wrong. The lifestyle at the Division One level is beautiful. It's amazing. It's fun. I get that. But I truly love my everyday life here at Southeastern. I would rather be here than be at UF right now. And you might call me crazy for that, but that is the God's honest truth. Well, I mean, I, I, I got to hear it. Uh, this leads in perfectly to my next question. What, what does it mean to you to put on a fire uniform? Uh, it means everything to me, not just because, again, it's it's baseball, right? It's, right. It's the game that has been the most loyal to us since we were kids, and I would rather play for a program that if I show loyalty to it, it would show loyalty to me. And I have been the most loyal player to this program because, again, I have seen what the coaching staff has done for me. I have seen what the players have done for me. I'll give you this story real quick. Go ahead. Last year's team, in the fall, you had a bunch of eye-guy baseball, selfish baseball. I'm talking about, again, studs, right? But dudes who just, if, if, if they hit a fly ball to the infield, he ain't running it out. He's not running it out. He's going to probably jog it out 
right? If he, the pitcher goes up there and doesn't have his best stuff, right, he's going to walk off the mound and kind of just walk straight to the bullpen and be that guy. It took one player for us to completely change the dynamic of that team last year. Can I guess? And that was – Can I guess? Was, before, you, go before, ahead. Take a while guess. Was it, was it Brian? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It but, wasn't but Brian. Okay. Was, Fuentes was a great player for us. Absolutely. It was Abdel Guadalupe. Okay. That, yep. That, yep. Abdel Guadalupe wasn't a guy who was there in the fall, but Dinko made a call and said, hey, listen, we need you here because these players need you. And I'll tell you from, from, from a personal experience what Guada taught me and, and what I preached to a lot of guys this year. Abdel Guadalupe taught us that the game of baseball, no matter if we are winning, no matter if we are losing, no matter if we are 0 for 4 or 0 for 5, no matter what it is, as long as we go out there with the attitude of, listen, this is just baseball, and this is just me and my friends going out there to play some baseball. If you have that mindset, success will find it's your way 99% of the time. It wow. truly will. Now, don't get me wrong. It takes dogs like Brian Fuentes. It takes dogs like some of the guys we had last year to go out there and, and, and really put it on other teams. Mm-hmm. But when you have the mindset of Abdel Guadalupe, you don't have guys walking in, slamming their helmets, throwing their bats, getting upset after they're 0 for 3, pitchers running to the bullpen after they don't have their best stuff. Right? You had a bunch of guys go out there carefree, number one, and number two, willing to under or understanding that failure truly only matters to the person that's failing. Right. Right. Mm. When you, again, I, this goes back to the whole success conversation, but Abdel Guadalupe taught us that, listen, failure is going to come. Success is going to come. Failure is going to go. And success is going to go. You just have to stay even keel the whole time. Be cool, calm, collected the whole time. Relax. Don't, don't be the player that plays at a hundred percent. And then when, you know, things are not going their way, they're playing at 0%. Or if things are not going their way, they're at zero. And if they're 100, it's the opposite way. Don't be that guy. Play even the whole time. And that's why we won so much last year was because of Abdel Guadalupe, one of the few guys to truly teach us that, listen, baseball is going to be baseball. Let it come. Let it go. It's okay. I mean that, that that that's incredible. I mean, if we're in, while we're talking about Guada, I'll say probably the furthest home run that I've been on the call for was Guada against Weber in that makeup <laughs> game, uh, and it was yep. when y'all really b- broke it open. I've told this story uh, on here before, and I've t- told it to people before, but I I forget who was on the mound, but he hung one up, and I was writing something down on, down on my notes, and I just hear what sounded like a small car crash. Uh, d- down on the field, and I just look up for about a half second. I just say, you know, that's a high fly ball, uh, left center field, and the fire have broken this game open, folks. I, I was, I was so upset. I was so mad. That like, ball was crushed, dude. <laughs> but uh, my, yeah, my man Isaac, uh, just thank you so much. I'll see you this weekend. I do have one last question for you, though. Yeah, go ahead. Seven game series. 2022 Southeastern, 2023 Southeastern. If we got somehow got them together and they played, who comes out on top? <laughs> a seven-game series, 2022 versus 2023. Obviously, a lot of overlap uh, with, with some guys like you, Rob, Steve. But, I mean, it, overall, what would overall, you say? Overall, I'll be completely honest. 
I have 2023 taking game one. Okay. Easily. I'm talking about just putting a spanking on 2023's team. Okay. However, so we got after one that game one, I got I got 2023 getting the next six in a row. Or, or four four in a row for the sweep, right? Four in a row. The next four the next four in a row, yes. And you said that so twenty twenty two would 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 do the gentlemen's or twenty 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 two would get game one. Okay, okay, I misheard you. I thought you said twenty twenty two. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You said it right. Twenty twenty three will take game one. Twenty twenty two will take the next four in a row. Because the maturity and, and guys exactly. like like Guada locking in. Yeah. That makes yes. sense. I yes. like that. It, it, That's a great answer. The, 20, the the thing about this team this year, right, is that against that twenty twenty two against the 2022 team is that we're going to start off extremely hot and, and just ready to go and locked in the, the whole, the whole nine innings. Right. But what the 2022 team will do is that we will study why the 2023 team just beat us. And we won't let that happen again for the next four games. Wow. So for example, we learned why Lewis and Clark beat us right on, on that game that we lost them last year, which is why we didn't let them beat us again right after that. We understood why Kaiser took, game one against us in game two when we played them in the regular season. But we didn't let them beat us again the, the following games after that. Once we lose to somebody, we'll learn why we lost and we won't make the same mistakes again. So, However, this team is, this team will just put a spanking early on and, and we'll, we'll see what happens after that. Okay, so what I'm hearing is I need to go tell all my boys just, hey, let's take three L's this weekend. Let's lose all three. Yep. It's our focus. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, jokes, jokes, of course. Well, Isaac, my man, this has truly been uh, – uh, th- this is fired up. I mean, it, this is w- one of the best interviews um, I've had the pleasure of being a part of. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Can't wait to see you this weekend, my man. Hey, Reagan, I truly appreciate it. I just want to say shout-out to Weber this weekend. Good luck this weekend. Look forward to playing you guys. Um, again, shout out to Bellevue for teaching us the meaning of what it feels like to win. Um, because of you guys, we don't plan on losing another game this year. Um, and then again, again, shout out to shout out to the Suncast. Hey. I think a lot of people sleep on the fact that this is a one man job, and Reagan, you're doing a phenomenal job by carrying this and, and and really putting the NEI on the map. Because again, I tell this to any other program right now: if you put Southeastern against any Division One team in the country. I put money and put a spanking on anybody. I told so if anybody if anybody wants to go against Southeastern, the Division One level, Division Two, whoever you guys are, NEIA baseball ain't no different than Division nope. One, Division Two. We got the same players you guys got. We got the same pitching, even better. Just set it up and we'll be there. I I said a year ago Saturday the very first episode one year ago uh, when we play the game when y'all play the game on Saturday it'll be the one year anniversary of Suncast and I said day one this was the best. Uh, this was the best conference in the in NAI baseball. I think it, 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 I think that was the understatement of the century. I think it's the best conference in small college baseball. I think it's creeping up there with with some some even some smaller Division One conferences. And you put a teams like y'all and Weber in, up against any D one AA, and I'd say quite a few Group of Five schools. Good luck. And, I mean, and you guys, this is something I said yep. uh, at the very beginning of the year. A couple people said I was crazy, but a few people agreed with me. And now the people that uh, thought I was crazy are looking crazy for disagree with, with me. It's a top 25 lineup in college baseball, period. You know, oh, 100%. It, 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 there, there's no doubt. 130%. Yep. Again, people, 
just because, again, I think this, the whole COVID year really set the tone for a lot of these junior colleges and NAF programs to receive mm. some of the players that they have right now. But at the end of the day, baseball is baseball no matter where you go. Right. right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a nine-inning ball game. It's going to be three outs to end the inning. It's going to be a pitcher versus another pitcher. It's going to be a pitcher versus a batter. It's going to be a, another group of men versus another group of men. That's all it is. Right now, just because you have the label that you're at playing at this school, you're playing at this level, don't make it any different. Right, I know firsthand a bunch of NEI and JUCO guys right now that can easily hit at Division One level, and and even so, for example, last year's World Series, right? Think think about the teams that were in the World Series. How many starting guys on that World Series teams from the Division One level at Omaha were JUCO players and NEI or not NEI? I want to say just JUCO players, right? <laughs> right. That, that that there was. I forgot what team last year was in the World Series that had, like, literally their whole starting nine was all Juco transfers. Wow. So so what I'm basically saying is that at the end of the day, baseball's baseball, and no matter what program, bro, bro, bro program you are at, you can win or lose to any team out there Absolutely. at any level. You Ab- can win or lose, and, and, and it's happened to the best teams, and it's happened to the worst teams. The worst teams have beat the best teams. The best teams have lost to the worst teams. Uh, that's just baseball. Yes, so. sir, Isaac. Uh, I, we could keep going for the for another hour. I'm sure. I do. We do. We do have to stop it here. I do want to get, give a shout out. You said this was a one man show. Um, I and I, I will admit I do the major, majority of it. But gotta give a shout out to, to Josh. He covered uh, Sun Conference football uh, this past fall, and Joe nice. uh, that helps out with the graphics. Gotta give a shout out to those two. Um, the huge parts in the operation. But Isaac, again, thank you uh, so so much, and we're gonna kick it over now to myself and Weber first baseman Angel Diaz. Thanks, Reagan. Thanks for having me. All right, we welcome on a very special guest, ladies and gentlemen. This is my guy, Mook, Angel Diaz. I guess that's kind of where we have have to start. But first of all, I got to say, hey, how you doing, man? You ready for this weekend? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I'm ready for everybody to just, you know, come together and play play our game. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this weekend. Well, you know, something I love about uh, Weber and Weber baseball is there are a lot of great nicknames on the team. I mean, the outlaw being, being the, the main one, of course, but I think a, a very underrated nickname, Mook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just tell me a little bit about that and, like, how did that nickname come about? Nah, actually, it was um last year we were just messing around. Uh, some of the teammates just, you know, how we, we'd be in the dugout just messing around and stuff. Yeah. And one day I, I called, uh, I think it was Ty, um, Ty Milliner. Yeah. I was just messing around. I was like, oh, what's up, Mook? <laughs> and I'd always say it to him, like, here and I, like, uh, they, you know what I'm saying, every day and stuff. Yeah. And he ended up, like, uh, reversing it, like, turning it on me <laughs> and just, like, started calling me Mook, and then everybody just calls me that. All right. Now, now, Mook isn't, like, something that we're saying that's, like, going to get us in trouble. Like, no, like, no, it's no. Like, okay, okay, okay. Just, like, yeah. It's like right. a, they just put something together, just messing around. All right, not, we, thought, we thought it sounded funny. I love it. You know, it's talk about uh, putting stuff together. You know, one of my favorite parts about Weber baseball is that infield. I mean, it was pretty much the same from last year's Tommy Josh behind the plate. Same pitchers, you and Ty at the corners. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a little, little bit of change at shortstop, but it looks like Richie's, yeah. uh, Richie's right back with, with hitting the ball well at shortstop and of course Mr. Acevedo uh, the excellent glove yeah. he is you just talk about uh, the chemistry that you have with the infield yeah um, me and Louis this is actually our, our I think third year together mm-hmm. uh, I feel like a lot of us now after that first year with all the new guys we had last year I feel like the chemistry is just built in 
a lot more. We'll, we all get along really well. We all connect. And yeah. I kind of just let them know, like, man, just throw that thing. Just throw it to me and I'll catch it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. everybody just feel comfortable and play together. Hey, I can attest to that, folks. I mean, I see them all the time making the ice cream scoops over at first base, long stretches, maybe sometimes have to get off the bag and, and yeah. apply the tag. Uh, you know, something we, that happened recently with Weber Baseball that was really cool. We, we've seen over the last uh, – Two years of me in the booth. We've seen two other no hitters, but they were combined no hitters. A lot of mm. lot of walks. I mean, you know, not all no hitters are built the same. You know, same like uh, home runs. Not all yeah. home runs are built the same. But we gotta say, Xavier Rodriguez's no hitter last week. That was something incredible. Can you just talk about that that game a little bit? Yeah, man, my that boy X, man, that man, he dices. He he knows how to pitch the ball really well. He he reads hitters, I believe, very well. He knows mm. what he's. What he wants to do, where he's trying to get hitters, you know what I'm saying? He, he's, yeah. I think he very, he's very good in that aspect of just analyzing. But yeah, man, he pounds his own. He makes some work for their outs, and we just try to get behind him and make a good play. Well, y'all, cer- y'all certainly do that. Uh, somebody you have to do that a little bit more for is uh, D- Dylan. Dylan's more of a contact pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, those two guys, yeah, you know, they're two different pitchers, not just on the mound, but in their mentalities and yeah. kind of pre-game how how they uh, both are. You can just talk a little bit about the difference between Xavier Rodriguez on a game day and then Dylan Martin on a game day. And you, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you can talk about other pitchers on the staff as well. Um, we'll get more into some of the newcomers later as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, X, I feel like he's more like a he's very locked in. He's very more chill to himself. Mm-hmm. Kind of just uh, enjoys the environment, you know what I'm saying? He rocks with the vibe for the day, and he just gets in his zone, and he's just ready to pound it for Dylan. Dylan, <laughs> he's a different breed. He he just be in his own world, you know what I'm saying? No one, no one talks to him. Everyone's kind of just away, let him do his thing, yeah. and he just locks in and gets it done. Yeah, I remember early, early on uh, last year, early in the broadcasting days, I think it was like his first or second start, I Went up to go say something to him, and I wasn't sure if like he didn't hear me or something. He just didn't say anything, and I was just like, "I'm gonna leave this guy alone. I'm gonna let him yeah, gather yeah. his thoughts." And like I noticed it like through, through on and obviously up to now. I mean, he he's the same way. He's consistent with it. Um, I, I love it. I mean, it, the outlaw man, of course, in between in between innings, you know, he, he's locked down uh, mm-hmm. in between innings and everything. But hey, man, let, we got let's talk a little bit about you because you mm-hmm. have. Found your groove, to say the least. You know, when you came, you came in uh, after missing a little bit of time early on last year, and you had, had a very solid season uh, for Weber. But right now, you're averaging over an RBI game. You're tearing the cover off the baseball. What were some of the adjustments that that you made uh, either in the su- summer or with some of the coaches this fall? Um, I feel like for me, it was just just really trying to enjoy the game yeah. and just uh, you know, what I'm saying, have fun, and just slow things down a little bit, mm-hmm. and just really enjoy. All the all all my teammates around me too, you know what I'm saying. Right. I really just look to have fun, and as long as we're winning games, that's all. That's all I'm really worried about. Yeah, it's it's very funny you say that. Um, Isaac, who who the people just li- listened to uh, just now, said very some, something very similar with the game of baseball. When he took his step in maturity in the game, it was finding how to just enjoy it and have fun and. Love the game of baseball. I mean, can we just talk about baseball? I mean, let's just talk about baseball yeah. for a little bit. I mean, just talk about what the beautiful game means to you. Yeah, no, I feel like sometimes people just forget uh, that this is a kid's game, you know. This yeah. is really just a game for everyone to have fun and 
maybe like add a little bit too much pressure than what should be needed. But yeah. I feel like nah, this is a great game just to get away and get in your own space too, and just you know what I'm saying also be competitive mm-hmm. and just have fun with your teammates, your coaches, and just everyone who's around around you at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something I talk a lot about uh, up in the booth is. Uh, Colin and his coaching staff. It's a great coaching staff that helps develop uh, uh, both pitchers very well as well as hitters. Can you talk about uh, some of the coaches uh, and how they, they've helped you develop over these last, this last uh, year or so? No, yeah, we definitely have a great coaching staff. We have um, great defensive coach Saliba. Yeah. He, he really gets after it with the infielders. And then we got, you know, our two old, uh, two previous players who actually played here before were assistants, yeah. uh, Rugi and, and Victor. Yeah. Uh, they they help us a lot too. They they make sure to get behind us, you know, and get, give us the reps that are needed. Mm. And then we also have you know our coaches, uh, pitching coaches who play pro ball. They 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 get behind our pitches a lot and teach them. They they teach them a lot about not just you know what I'm saying what they're throwing and stuff, but they teach them about the game. And no, uh, it's, it's it's very dope though. Uh, they they also like what I respect too is it's not always just only just about the game too, but they teach us good stuff like about life. Mm. Uh, so you got to go up against one of those p- pitching coaches earlier today, uh, Tyler Pike, right? Yeah. So you, so tell me a little bit about that that AB yeah, against old Pike. It's crazy just to think like, wow, all right, well, we're just going to face our pitching coach today. But, yeah, man, his his stuff is electric. He And he's, he's so fluid. He, <laughs> he did really Come well Come on, today, be man. honest. I mean, we've let the people know. Well, how'd you do against him? Oh, no, man, he got me. He got me. <laughs> he gave me. He was dicey, man. He was dicey. What was the pitch? What did he get you? He got me with a curveball. Oh, no. You swing over top? Yeah. No. I saw it deep, but it's still like, yeah, man. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, hey, I mean, he's I guess we're at least figuring out where X and Dylan and Blaine, everybody, they're getting that uh, curveball from. That's awesome, man. But uh, let's talk a little bit about last year's team. I mean, obviously a team that I've said it once a thousand times, a Mm -hmm. team that I hold very near and dear to my heart. First team I was ever the broadcaster for last year, going to Lewiston. First team to go to Lewiston, much less win the first and second World Series uh, yeah. games in team history. I mean, just t- tell us a little bit about that process, especially in the postseason. We all got out. I mean, y- y'all got out of the conference tournament, and we weren't really sure if the season mm-hmm. was even going to continue. Yeah, I feel like that that year was uh, was kind of crazy. It was like yeah. a little ro- like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, say the least. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like we started off great, you know what I'm saying? Uh we started off pretty high and then we went into that little slump and where we had to kind of regroup and just, you know what I'm saying, get back to our game plan. And and then at the end, man, we just we really just had fun. We we stopped pressing and just play the game, play the game how we play it and just win. Went and had fun. Y'all just went and had fun. Y'all went, yeah. went and won the Miami Garden Regional, yeah. and, and then up in up in Lewis. I mean, you got you got to tell us a little bit. I mean, what was that like being at the mecca of NAI baseball? No, yeah, I definitely feel like that was a, a crazy experience. It was a really good experience. That was just it was completely different. Yeah. I had never been to somewhere kind of like that environment, but that that it felt really electric with the fans too. Everybody in Idaho coming down to watch the games, and at the at, at, and playoffs there, everyone's locked in, so it's, it feels really good uh, competitively. Absolutely. And, you know, we 
we look at this year's team, and obviously Weber baseballs looked at a whole new light. I mean, they were always – it's always a solid team, an opening round team, but broke through, like we said, we broke through that barrier last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, into this year, great success. I mean, what are we now, 24-4? and four, yeah. uh, And heading into, obviously, the, the, the big series, uh, uh, the NAI ball big series of the week with Southeastern. But obviously with that has – Come the pressure of being one of the top dogs in the NAI. How's it been, you know, playing with teams coming in like like Talladega, Lawrence Tech, uh, St. Francis, even coming in and really giving you all that best shot now that y'all, you know, are one of the top teams in the country? Yeah, we just really try to come in because we know now we have a, a even tar- a bigger target on our back than we did last year. Mm-hmm. So we really just try to come in and just make sure we, we don't play down to those other teams and just play play how we play our game. Absolutely, man. There's no doubt y'all, y'all continue to pl- pl- play the game uh, very, very well, but it, y- y'all got to stay, stay consistent with it. What's been mm-hmm. the message that, that Colin said to the team that's kept y'all hungry and uh, kept y'all fighting and having such a great start and knowing the season's really just getting started? Mm-hmm. Just really coming every day to the ballpark and just coming with a lot of energy. Just coming with a lot of energy and just making sure that we're really locked into what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Not just getting complacent or with any other teams. But that I feel like that's one of the biggest things. Just coming with a lot of energy and just coming ready to play. Absolutely. Well, Angel, let's talk a little bit uh, uh, about what you did before before Weber. Uh, mm-hmm. t- tell us a little bit about the process uh, throughout high, I mean, even throughout high school and w- uh, when you went JUCO, uh, finding the right school, and then how was Weber ended up being the right school for you? Yeah, so um, I actually started – uh, my first my first year in JUCO in Pensacola State, mm. uh, I actually did two years there, and then after that, I ended up uh, signing late. I believe in the summer, summertime, mm. sometime after that second season, and I ended up just coming to Weber. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is my third year here. Yeah, what was it about Weber? I mean, what, was it like kind of an only option kind of thing, or was it a message that was sent to you saying like, hey, I, I want to be a warrior? No, yeah, it was. It uh, I feel like it was like a a last minute kind of thing. I didn't know what was gonna happen or what I was gonna do because uh, COVID had hit too, and so I, the portal was was filled with everybody, and I it was kind of like my last option. But I was like, yeah. you know, what I'm saying this is a really good opportunity. Just you know, what I'm saying I could have ended up sitting out for a whole year, but I feel like it was an opportunity to just come and just play hard. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was a challenge for a, a lot of people. Something I faced too when I entered the transfer portal in the middle of COVID, and it, I mean, it was clogged up. I mean, it was way too many athletes. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of athletes ended up not being able to continue their college career. And you know, mm-hmm. you and I were are both very fortunate to be beautiful Babson Park, be able to be Weber Warriors, and uh, I mean, hey, I, I'm happy. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty yeah, happy. I'm thankful. A- a- absolutely, my man. But uh, hey. Big, big series this weekend, Angel. No, you got got a lot lot going on. If, uh, if, you, if you want to add anything uh, or anything else to talk about Weber, anything, Mike's all yours. If not, well, I know I know you got a lot on your mind. I know you. I, look, I've got here, here's where I'm at because especially after talk, talking with Isaac earlier, mm-hmm. I'm now it's now all I'm thinking about. Like it's yeah. been all, all 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 I've been thinking about. I know like for y'all and for 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 them it's just another series and like y'all like it's whatever it's a another series there's a lot of season left but i mean for me i'm like 
this is my this is a team I broadcast for. <laughs> These are my dogs. This is my number one team. I love them. And then we got Southeastern. We got the big the big dogs. Um, a t- team a lot, a lot of guys I love over there too. I mean, all right, all right, wrong. I'm with the boys and the band. I'm re- like, come on, bro. I'm so hyped for this. Like, I was being, I'm hype. I'm hype. Tell me, tell me, bro. You can be honest. How hype are you? No, everyone's very hype. Yeah, everyone's very uh, been looking forward for the series. Um, now nah, we're just ready. We're it's definitely gonna be a dog fight. It's gonna be very competitive. I'm sure everyone's gonna be locked in on that field. Yeah, and I just feel like yeah, it's gonna be a dog fight. Absolutely. Well, like I said, Angel, let's get it, man. Let's go have some fun, fun this weekend. Yes, sir. Right, Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir.